The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Welcome aboard National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sales. Hope everyone is having a spectacular day. As we roll towards the NFL schedule that will be released on Thursday. By the way, League, it's such a great job. Free agency, the draft, the combines, schedule releases. Then they just kind of like, They, like, leak out certain games, Cowboys and Packers. You're like, man, this is really great how they do it. So, by the way, Jacob Media, 8 o'clock, be here. We will be covering the Philadelphia Eagles and their schedule release. Also, we're going to be giving away jerseys. It's going to be a great time for all. Hope everybody, again, is here with us, 8 o'clock Eastern time. That'll be on Thursday night. You know, I want to tell you a story first. And I want to make sure that I get this story out. Yeah, Thursday night, 8 p.m., my friends. Make sure you're there, okay? Right here on Jacob Media. All right. I want to tell you a story. And I want to start this off by doing this. I want to start it off here with Sixers first. Then, by the way, Sports Take guys getting Howie on. I'm going to respond to that here in a second, okay? But I want to tell you guys a story, and it goes around Jerome Brown. So, in 1985, Jerome Brown and I go into Norman, Oklahoma, and Jerome has one of these iconic college football games. And it put him on the map as the best defensive tackle in the country. 20 tackles, sacks, fumbles. It was incredible to watch him and be part of that. He was a one-man wrecking crew. Broke Troy Aikman's leg, everything. He was unstoppable. By the way, in my opinion, that game got him to Philadelphia. He, He was unbelievable. I'd never seen anyone in my life destroy a team like Jerome did. Fast forward. We go into the offseason, and I don't know if you guys know the Playboy All-American team. There's this preseason team that, um, you know, it was this preseason team that you make called the Playboy All-American team. And Greg Ricosi was on it. He's one of our teammates. He's a center. And I think Testaverde made it. And by the way, nothing against Greg. We love Greg. He was a cane, all this and that. But we were so pissed as a team and as a unit and as a defensive line that every time we took the field, we were insulted that Jerome Brown wasn't a first-team preseason All-American. We were so pissed off as a team. I kept saying this, hey, man, you ain't better than me. And Jerome started laughing. 
where I'm going with this is what the hell was that last night with the Sixer team? I could maybe give Joel Embiid a little bit of a pass last night because facial issues and injuries, broken hand. I still think he was butthurt not getting the MVP award, and I think it showed last night. But where are the rest of those guys? If my teammate got jobbed like that, and I performed like this all season long, I was so pissed off that Jerome Brown didn't make first-team preseason All-American that every time I took the field, I'm talking shit to people going, you ain't better than me, guy. Even when I played against Greg Ricosi, my own teammate, I killed him every day because Jerome not getting on that Playboy All-American team. I learned a lesson, and I'm going to tell you something else. Something that the Sixers did last night. I went into the toilet. We were playing in the Sugar Bowl against Tennessee. Kevin Fagan gets hurt. You know what happened to our unit after our leader got hurt? We all went like this. Shit, man. And we got killed. We got killed. I learned a lesson that when something like that happens, you need to man up. Carry your teammate. Lift him up. He may need it. But when you're also the leader of that team, you need to be a leader. And not a moper or a powder. Shit happens. You know how you rectify it? Going out and dropping 50 on someone. Going out and beating someone's ass. Going out and breaking someone's leg. Going out and going undefeated. It's exactly what we did. We took that and went undefeated. Every single time we stepped on the field, We were pissed off that people were disrespecting Jerome. That's a fact. I learned a lesson after Kevin Fagan got injured. Fifth play of the game. We're up 7-0. We win the game. We win the national title. We got rolled by a two-loss Tennessee team. We were like, shit, man. Dude, you got to be better than that. And let me add this to you too, man. The worst thing to ever happen in Philadelphia in the last five years is not Carson Wentz and Ben Simmons. Jimmy Butler owns the city of Philly. He owns you. He plays with a vengeance against the Sixers every time he steps on the court. He owns you, pink slips and all. Dude, that guy, every time he sees the Sixers, is unstoppable. And it must break your balls when you see a guy like that lead his team. And then again, look at the heat culture with Pat Riley. Man, I don't care what sport it is. Pat Riley builds a culture of toughness. Competing. Dude, if Jimmy Butler doesn't represent Pat Riley, no one has ever, including D. Wade. Jimmy Butler's the worst mistake the Philadelphia 76ers maybe have ever made 
in franchise history. And that includes drafting Ben Simmons. That is the worst move they have made in decades. You let that guy roll out of the building and that guy comes back and kicks your ass every single time he steps on the floor and he loves it. Can you imagine Jimmy Butler and Embiid on the same team? James Harden is useless. I told you he's not going to put two games back to back. What are you saying now about James Harden? Josh Ennis went after me on Twitter and said that. I like, let's see him do it again. And I knew he couldn't. It's like James Harden is toast. And then you watch Jimmy Butler kick your ass. Dude, that sucks. That sucks. Look, Carson Wentz is not going to come back, and he's not going to haunt the Eagles. Jimmy Butler haunts you. That guy haunts you. No one in the Sixers will admit it, and no one in the Philadelphia media will admit it. That guy abuses the Sixers. 30 every night, nine assists, eight boards, up and down the court, running you. Hey, hey, how about Doc having to beg his team to play hard and go after loose basketballs? Seriously, in a game five, there's a problem on that team then. You're soft. You're soft. I've got to beg you to play hard in a game five. What are we doing? Dude, all the coaches speaks, all the stuff that you talk about motivating. If I've got to motivate you in a game five, there's a problem with the unit. And there's a problem with the players that are on the floor. Not when you're in the huddle. Doc's begging you to play hard. Come on, man. You know, Jimmy Johnson and all the coaches I've ever had in my life never gave game day speeches. You know when they gave them? Friday night. That's when they gave the speeches. Because our coaches coached us Monday through Saturday. Then when we played on Sundays, it's up to the players, man. Players have to go out and execute. Players have to go out and want it. Players have to go out and win championships. Coaches can put you in a position to win for sure. Can coaches cost you a championship? Absolutely. Poor rotations, poor groupings, poor defenses. Absolutely coaches can. But it's up to the players to right the ship. And what I saw last night was ultimate failure by everyone. Coaches on down. That was embarrassing. Embarrassing. And then you watch Jimmy Butler kick your ass. Man. I'm watching him last night. Dude, that guy is making the Sixers wave the white flag. Tomorrow night, maybe Doc's last game coaching as a Sixer. I don't know. Okay? You might have to blow that whole thing up. You had a bunch of quitters on the floor last night. That was embarrassing, man. You know, people have bad games and play bad. But there's no excuse for not showing up in a game five. You talk about being soft. Greatest example I've ever seen. And in a city like Philly, hey, 
Philadelphia sports fan, how do you feel about your team being dubbed a soft team? Because that was a soft effort. Effort. Lack of effort. Dude, it takes no talent to give effort. It takes will. There was no will last night. Beats crying about the MVP award. Everyone else is following down. They followed their leader right down to the toilet and in the gutter. They folded. That's right. Chris, they folded. Terrible. Listen, let's go over to the other thing, which was great today here on Jacob. And I saw you guys in the uh, chat room, and I was watching the interview with Howie Roseman. I think it's great that the guys got him on. I think it's wonderful that everybody now in Philadelphia knows who we are, knows the impact we make. We all know that the Eagles watch our show. Now they watch their show. It's really great to watch the birds, all of it. You know, it's fantastic. It's great for all of us. Remember, this is a team. You know, one does something marvelous. The other does something marvelous. That's the cool thing about this channel. And I say this to you with great respect on other people in broadcasting. You know what that is? Every show is different, has a different direction, has a different dynamic. Radio stations today all sound the same to me. There's no true talent on the radio any longer because they all sound like pitchmen. It's not true broadcasting anymore. You're not getting really the good and the bad and the ugly. That's what I call broadcasting. Most people just want to put the good because they don't want to piss anyone off. Advertisers or the teams that are on those respected radio stations, nobody wants to do any of that because everybody's a little bit nervous because you know why? There's platforms like this now. The internet is almost single-handedly putting radio out of business. It's already put the newspaper business out of business. Okay? I mean, it's absolutely. So I listened to it. Vasily, I saw that, and I heard that, that the owner of the Eagles wants more Alabama players. I've been telling you that now for the last, what, month and a half? Why do you think you want more Alabama or more Southeastern Conference players? The best college coaches, assistant, are in that conference because they make the most money. The assistant coaches at Alabama, all that are coordinators, make $2.5 million apiece. You're getting the best. Hell, you hired. I saw you guys talking about Jeff Stoutland. Jeff Stoutland is the best offensive line coach in the National Football League. Guess where they got him from? Alabama. The best college coaches are at Bama, LSU. Tracy Rocker is the D-line coach with the Steelers. Guess where they got him from? Alabama. Mario Cristobal. Guess how he got to Oregon? He was the O-line coach at Alabama. Now he's the head coach at the University of Miami. Do you think there's any coincidence to that? Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach, after that debacle at USC, He's now making $8 million a year at Texas. Lane Kiffin making $8 million a year at Ole Miss? Why do you think that is? You think that's coincidence? 
the best coaches in the country are in Tuscaloosa. That's a fact. And so when you have the best, or Athens, now at Georgia, I think Florida too. Here, here are the places that you get players from today. You don't get them from North Dakota State. The head coach at North Dakota State probably makes the same money as a quality control coach does at Alabama. What kind of coaching do you think you're getting at Wyoming if you're Josh Allen? Good, average, I say average. Sean McDermott's been his best coach since he came out of college. Probably the best coaching he's ever had in his life. That's why he's a better player. Don't give me this crap about Jalen not having great coaches or having too many coaches. He's been coached by some of the greatest coaches in the history of football. To say that he hasn't been given that opportunity is not true. You go to Ohio State, Clemson. You go to Norman, Oklahoma. You might go back to SC. I think Lincoln Riley will bring players in there. How many Texas players are good today? They've had shit coaches in there. Do you know that the University of Texas had 53 five-star kids on their roster? Can you name anybody out of Texas that you go like this? That guy is an all-pro superstar player. Holy cow. You're not getting good coaching. You're not getting the elite coaching that you get at Alabama in the Southeastern Conference. Tell me. Penn State, yeah, there's good coaching there. You'll find kids at other programs. You think you get great kids coming out of Michigan? Kind of. Not like the S. I'll tell you what, I'll take a defensive end out of Ole Miss. Before, I'll take a defensive end out of Michigan. Plays against the best kids in the country. Has some of the best coaching in the country. Has some of the most exposure in the country. Why wouldn't I take that kid from that place? That's like recruiting in college for high school football players. I'm going to Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, and you can have the rest of the country. You can have the rest, and I'll kill you with the schools in those states that I mentioned. Coaching matters. So when, when I hear Howie say, more Alabama guys, what he means is, I want to have guys who have been coached by the best coaches in the country. And the best coaches in the country are in the Southeastern Conference. That's a fact. And people hate the SEC now, they call it, well, it's too regionalized now, college football. Yeah, because you know why? At Alabama, LSU, and in the state of Florida, football is God. And not so much pro football. Do you know people in the state of Florida? Who, who, would you, who do you think they root for? The Bucks, 
the Dolphins or the Gators? Who do you think they root for? If you put tickets on the table, Jags, Bucks, even with Brady, or Dolphins, Gators. Maybe you could throw Knowles in there too. Canes, not going to happen. We don't have a fan base like Florida does. No disrespect, but it's fact. Decatur, when every kid grows up in the state of Florida, it's Miami and Florida State's obligation to try to convince you not to want to go to Florida and play for the Gators. Every kid grows up wants to be a Gator. Every kid wants to be a Florida Gator. That is the most popular. Do you know that on their broadcast on Saturdays, Florida has over like 500,000 people tuning in to their radio network. It's one of the biggest radio networks in the country, the Gator Radio Network. And they tune in for Florida football. I think they make like $35 million a year. Why do you think that is? Best coaches, best kids, best conference. That's why there's been an emphasis. And by the way, this shows you Howie doing the right thing. Where's the best kids? Nicobe Dean, I heard him say, no matter what, we're taking Nicobe Dean. Dude, the only way, do you know the only way that Nicobe Dean doesn't succeed in the NFL? Can I tell you what I think? The only reason that he won't succeed is because he gets hurt. He's too small or something. It won't be because of his ability and his acronym to the game and understanding of the game. The guy's a bona fide leader. The guy's a bona fide player. That guy's not going to fail. He's played in too many great games with too many great people and been around too many great coaches. I'm not kidding, guys. His coaching staff at Georgia is better than the coaching staff in Philly. You think Jonathan Gannon could get a job at Athens with Kirby Smart as the coordinator? (laughs) You think Jonathan Gannon could be the defensive coordinator at Alabama? You're kidding, right? You're kidding. He could be a position coach, but he ain't going to be no coordinator. They take the elite of the elite of the elite. And then they pay you two and a half to $3 million when you're at those schools. Hey, I'm happy that they addressed the linebacker position. Okay? There's no question about it. No question. It was a needed position. But more Alabama players? Yeah, better coach players. When I, when I left my coaching staff at the University of Miami, do you know that every single coach that coached me at Miami went to the Cowboys and they won three Super Bowls? My point is, when you get great coaching, they put you in great positions to succeed. And that's what these Bama guys have done. Okay. By the way, do you think that N'Kobe Dean 
is now playing on a unit in Philly with lesser, more talent than he had at Georgia. You think he's made a step up? He's made a step up in competition. There's another kid that's down there that's a D lineman. It's going to be a top five kid. George has got some ball players and some coaches. <laughs> Hell, I've been telling you what Howie said to the guys today for two months. If you only recruited the Southeastern Conference and made an all star team out of it, you'd win a Super Bowl. I mean, really. You're not going to go wrong with any of those kids. And what television has done, television has done the SEC a favor. You know why? Back in the day, in my college days, the NCAA handpicked what teams were on TV. Let me show you how the NCAA helped the SEC become the monster that they are today. You know what that is? Back in the day, prior to 1985, do you know that the NCAA picked what games would be on TV. So kids who were down in Louisiana or Alabama or in Florida or Georgia or North Carolina, they had to go to Big Ten schools like Ohio State and Michigan or to Southern Cal or UCLA or to Penn State and places like Notre Dame. You know why? Because they were always on TV. But now because of the influx of television – And the overexposure of it, if I'm from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, I don't have to leave the state. I'll go to Ole Miss or Mississippi State now. If I'm from Louisiana, I'll stay in the state, play at LSU now. I'm on TV every week anyway. What it did was it let kids stay in their region. Best kids in the United States are in the southeastern part of the country. It's a fact. That's why the SEC is a powerhouse now. TV made him a powerhouse. When I was playing college ball, the SEC was kind of good. The independents were better. We would play SEC teams and beat the shit out of them. It wasn't – I never had a problem with those SEC teams. We crushed them. What up, Brian? Appreciate it. Stefan says, Rich Gannon blitzes – Rich Gannon, I think you mean Jonathan Gannon, but all good. Stefan, thank you for coming aboard, my friend. Sounds like a new draft strategy. Yeah, but Vaselli, why would it be a draft strategy when you know that in your heart the best kids are in the SEC? Okay? All right. So again, you know, I took away how we talking a little bit about Dean and they're happy. By the way, when you get a steal in the draft, that sometimes even supersedes your number one overall pick because you know this kid, I said it, I think the Kobe Dean is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles defensive rookie of the year for the Eagle team. I don't think he'll be the defensive rookie of the year in the league, but I think he'll be the defensive rookie of the year for the Eagles. I think Jordan's going to come along. I think he has some work to do. More and more I watch it, the more and more I evaluate it. I still think being taken off the field on the money down is going to be an issue. But it's okay because they did the same thing to Fletcher Cox as they brought him along. And they know how to build fronts. 
O-line and D-line, the Eagles have done a great job of it. Okay? Appreciate it. That's what I think, Sills. He's going to win the rookie defense of the year. Listen, Dean's a first-round talent. Absolutely, he's a first-round talent. Let me ask you guys something, because I heard the guys, you know, I was watching a little bit more of the show. By the way, they do a great job on Sports Take. Um, Really happy to see a new show just keep getting better and better, too, by the way. I was thinking of this though because we've talked so much about Jalen, and I'm. It's it's not going to be any negative thing here today with it. Can I ask you something here? Who do the Eagle fans think, football fans think, is the best quarterback in the NFL right now? And and I, and I'll tell you where I'm going with it here in a second, and the reason I'm asking you this. Who do you think is the best? Who's the the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Sex says one. Rodgers, Brady. Even schools like Kentucky and Vanderbilt. I know, right? Yeah, but how about the kid? You got a quarterback down there who's going to go number one overall at Kentucky. Rodgers, Brady, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Okay, okay, okay. We, you, you, you guys are great. You guys are great. By the way, please hit the like button. Lord Benson's going to join us. Brunson, excuse me, is going to join us in hour number two at 4.30 Eastern. LB will join us in the second hour. Okay, Rodgers, you guys are great. Okay. What's the style of quarterback you want to have And what's the style of quarterback you think Howie Roseman and the owner of the Eagles wants? Allen, Burrow, Mahomes, Rodgers. I noticed one thing. You didn't bring up Jalen Hurts' style. Justin Herbert. Jalen looks nothing like any winning quarterback in the NFL. Russell Wilson wins from the pocket, GT. You see where I'm going here? Look at all the quarterbacks that you mentioned in styles that you like. Drop back passer. Okay? Look at all the styles you mentioned. Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Rodgers, Brady. All traditional styles that have won. I think that's the optical issue with Jalen Hurts with the guys upstairs. GT, you think he develops into Joe Burrow? How's he developing to Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow's got an arm. Nick Foles has a style like Joe Burrow, not Jalen Hurts. You see where I'm going? You guys named every guy but Jalen. Or you guys named every guy that doesn't have a style like Jalen. 
Eric says he wants a no-question elite guy. We all know one when we see one. No debate. Wilson and Allen had to develop, though. They weren't the best throwers of the ball coming out. Hertz has an arm. Can't throw the deep pass, and he's not accurate. Chris, can that improve? I think so. Chris, I think that can improve. Brady's never been, or even Peyton Manning for that matter, never really great deep throwers of the football. So can that improve? Yes. Student of the game, William, again, you're, you're talking about something that is something that's a given. They're all students of the game. And if you're not, there's a problem. Okay. Yeah, but born again, I think Brady throws with anticipation too. That's why he demands guys being great route runners. That's why when guys like Ocho Cinco or even Reggie Wayne kind of like to manipulate the route, those guys didn't make it when they went to New England. Brady throws in anticipation. You're there on your spot. If it's a turnaround, it's a sit and turnaround, and you're there, he's going to have the ball there. He doesn't want guys doing anything on the fly like that. Okay, so Brady worked on his arm. Brady worked on his accuracy. Nick, lack of accuracy is due to reading defenses. Nick, that was the biggest problem that Jalen Hurts had. You know, I, I heard Rob say something. I heard Rob say something that I thought was right to the point for the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles season. Let me ask you guys this. If you were to come up with a T-shirt and a phrase, what would it be for the Eagles? What do you think it would be? Okay, what what do you think that phrase would be? I'm going to tell you, for me, you know what it would be? It's the year of Jalen. The Philadelphia Eagles have been asking this question. Hey, how about this? In 2020, you could have said this. It's the year of Wentz. Finding out whether or not Carson Wentz is the future. Think about what you've been doing here since 2000, really, the middle of 2019. Since the 2019 season, the middle of it, you've been asking this question, do you have a quarterback? This is three years now. This is three years. Build back better. Potential? Dude, that's like prospect night to me, Steven. Potential? Shit. Try selling a season ticket package to a fan on potential. Fans don't want to hear that when you got $400 tickets. Well, it's potential. Screw that. You're not putting that out there. Year of optimism. Hey, I'll sit back, drink my beers at home, and I'll get to the link when, you know, you guys are better. Build it and they will come. Randall, I'm not – Randall, I'm asking a question here again. What style of play do you think are the elite quarterbacks in the league? And you named every one of them but him. You got to listen to what I said. What's the best, who's the best quarterback in the game and the style that you like? Not one said Jalen Hurts. Not one. 
I needed four games to see Justin Herbert style. I went, that kid can play, and he's going to win. Joe Burrow, too, man. Even in the first year when he got injured, you were all like this. Cincinnati's on the way, man. They got themselves a franchise quarterback. We all said that. I know I did. I said, since he's got a franchise guy. And when he was able to put a full season together, he put his team in the Super Bowl with the shittiest O-line. Get this. If Joe Burrow plays in Philadelphia, if Joe Burrow plays in Philly, Eagles win the Super Bowl last year. They won 14 games with him. As long as Howie doesn't give $100 million until we win a Super Bowl game, hey, you just gave $100 million to a wide receiver. Okay? Hey, all listen, all I'm saying is I asked you what style you guys like the most in the NFL, and does your quarterback resemble that style? He's nothing like Aaron Rodgers. He's nothing like Tom Brady. He's nothing like Patrick Mahomes. He's nothing like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson doesn't run a lot. He's nothing like that. Joe Burrow. He's nothing like that. Wait, wait, wait a minute, GT. So you think that Jalen Hurts is going to stop being a running quarterback? For Jalen Hurts to equal the guys that we mentioned, he'd have to stop rushing the ball. Tom Brady doesn't run. Aaron Rodgers really doesn't run. Russell Wilson doesn't really run. He moves around in the pocket. Those guys don't put up three, four, five hundred yard rushing seasons. Josh Allen, I think Josh Allen has a short window because eventually he's going to get beat up. Now, they did draft a kid Cook. I think that's, I think they know. By the way, I'll give you guys a point. When did John Elway's career turn around? When did John Elway's career turn around? Michael Vick never won shit, dude. Michael Vick didn't win anything. What did Michael Vick win? Admiration? Great. Sills, Hurts can be elite passer. His throwing won't improve in one season. He's only got one season to improve. He better. How was Steve Young? Steve Young, when he retired, was the most accurate passer in NFL history. You think Jalen's going to be the most accurate passer in NFL history? That's right, Bob. John Elway's career turned around when he stopped running, and they got Terrell Davis and relied on John's arm late in his career. You know, I think John Elway is like, what is it? I think he's like two and four in Super Bowl play. Those other Super Bowls, he was destroyed in them. I think Montana put 55 on him once. But that team didn't become a formidable attack until they got Terrell Davis and relied on Elway throwing the ball and not running with the ball. 
Elway was what Josh Elway was Josh Allen before Josh Allen. Dude, if you think that Steve Young was just a runner, look at his completion percentage and look at his quarterback rating and his accuracy. Young was the most accurate quarterback at the day of his retirement than any quarterback in the history of the sport. Steve Young was accurate. Vic is not a Hall of Famer. Sorry, Michael Vick is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He is not. Michael Vick will not see the inside of the Hall of Fame unless he's paying for a ticket. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's in the league of... Watch this. Who had a better career, Donovan McNabb or Michael Vick? McNabb. Who would you take to win a football game, McNabb or Vick? I'd take five. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Promise you, Vic ain't making the Hall of Fame. You take McNabb over Vic in a any time in a in a Philadelphia minute. Hands down, man. Vic was a hey dude, McNair's better than Vic. McNair Cunningham is better than Vic. Absolutely, Randall's better. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are three wide receivers that are on the open market. We broached one yesterday. I want to talk to you guys about another three, potentially adding a veteran guy to the mix here. Please hit the like button. Guys, don't forget Morgan & Morgan, proud sponsors of the National Football Show with big sales here. Where the fee is free, meaning that they do not get paid unless they get restitution for you and your family. For the people, I say this to you all the time. It's not a slogan. I've known John Morgan for over 25 years, and he is a dear friend of mine along with his great family. He used to go over to his house for all kinds of great events. I met numerous presidents at his home, Thanksgiving dinners. What a great guy, man. And you can trust when you put your family's safety in the hands of Morgan and Morgan, they're going to go to battle for you because this is who they are and what they are when it comes for the people with over 800 attorneys and offices in Philadelphia, New York, in Florida, all across the country, Morgan and Morgan is going to do battle for you because in a situation like this size matters. They're the biggest firm in the country. They will not be intimidated when it comes to getting you the fair restitution that your family so desires. The call is free, 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The consultation is free, 800-512-1600. And do me a favor, when you call Morgan & Morgan, tell them Big Sill sent you. I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. When you're hit from behind in a car crash, the insurance company may try to say, you can't possibly be hurt. It was only a few miles an hour. It's simply not true. You see, here's the thing. Getting hit at 10 miles per hour is like falling off of this. 15 miles per hour, like this. And only 25 miles per hour, this. Injured, dial pound law. There's only one Morgan & Morgan.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on acting. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back. National Football Show. Please hit the like button. I got another question for you guys out of the gate here. By the way, taking a little bit of what Howie Roseman was saying today with the guys on Sports Take, I'm going to ask you this now about the head coach. Do we not agree? Who do you think is going to have more of an issue with the addition of A.J. Brown? Jalen Hurts finding both of these two wide receivers now? Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown? Or do you think Nick Sirianni's going to struggle in creating a game plan to utilize both these guys? And where I'm going with this is, how many times have we seen, you know that, that statement, there's only one basketball? Well, there's only one football. Which... Because somebody's going to get less targets. But what you try to do in the process is still make those guys' targets effective. Like here, if A.J. Brown gets 14 targets a game and his yards per catch are 11.5, that's good. A lot of targets, you're probably not going to have big breakaway yardage numbers. Big yak numbers. But if you're Devontae and say you got seven targets, but you've got 16 yards of catch, that's still productive, right? He's got it kind of stretching the chains more. 
this is guy's more of a third down dude. It's not about the amount of targets, about production and moving the sticks and sequence on the third downs. Do you, who, who's going to struggle here? You think Sirianni? We're going to learn a little bit about Sirianni getting all these p- components part of the offensive attack. So here, Jalen Hurts now has got to decide, or Nick Sirianni, or all of them, does Devontae Smith suffer in his development because they've added AJ? How is this going to work? Do you have a quarterback that is going to be able to continue the development of Devontae Smith and in the process utilize a $100 million wide receiver that you just signed? Do you think this offense and this quarterback and this head coach will accomplish that in 2022? Yes or no? GT goes... I don't think any suffer. Devontae Smith was not to be seen in the NFL playoff game against the Bucs. That was three months ago. Sex says Sirianni showed he can adapt. That, that's a great comment right there. That's a great comment by Sec. Showed he can, he can adapt to what has in front of him. When they were two, yeah, but you know what though, Sack? Think about what they did. They didn't really implement any other guy in the offense. They just became one-dimensional and ran the ball. They weren't throwing it. When they did in New York, they got beat by the Giants. That shitty Giants team. Bob says Hertz needs to improve his third down completion percentage. If he gets that between 60 and 63, 62, 63, I'd like to see it around 64. Mike thinks that these receivers are going to have 900 to 1,000 yards. You paid $100 million for a 1,000-yard wide receiver to get 60 yards a game? Okay. That's what you're saying, Mike. 60 yards a game, 1,000 yards. You paid $100 million for that. I was thinking more 10 touchdowns. Okay? If he's got 1,000 yards, 1,100 yards, and 10 TDs, I'm good with that because it means he's in the end zone. But if I see A.J. Brown with 78 catches and 1,000 yards and six touchdowns, that ain't a $100 million wideout. Or there's a problem somewhere else in the offense. Coordinator, coach quarterback or all of it look what I'm saying is the direction of what they've got to accomplish in the offseason here is figuring out how they're going to implement AJ and Devante at the same time when last year they rarely used Devante Devontae Smith, what what was his numbers last year? What was it, 68 catches, 900-some-odd yards? How much will he improve this year with the addition of A.J. Brown? How much do you think he really improves with the addition of A.J. Brown, those numbers? Honestly, you think he's a 1,400-yard guy? 
you think the quarterback and the head coach are going to be able to implement all of these components when they didn't at all last year have a passing game. So, Sills, you want to light them up passing team. No, 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 GT, no. I want an effective passing game. No, no, because I don't want to get away completely from running the ball. By the way, we're talking here. This is no shade on anybody. This, um, what I'm saying is this is what has to happen mentality-wise and I do prepare for the 2022 season because that old offense that we saw in 2021, okay, that offense is gone. There's got to be a better hybrid of that offense. You've got to elevate more. You've got to implement today's NFL. You know the worst – what is the worst thing the Philadelphia Eagle offense did this year and not utilizing the NFL's rules? What was the number one thing? Sills, you don't think we can win a championship with Hurts? Not this version. No, I don't. No, I don't. Not the version I saw last year. No, I don't. No, I do not. Here's the one thing that the Eagles can't utilize. Dude, throw the ball down the field. You're going to get pass interference. But because the quarterback was so inaccurate last year, the deep passes, the referees didn't respect the deep passing game of the Eagles last year. They were not able to utilize the rules of the game. How many times do you see Rodgers and Brady or Patrick Mahomes or anybody throw the ball down the field and it's close to one of the guys, they always get the call. The Eagles don't get those calls. You're not playing in today's NFL. Got to improve. This is what we're talking about here on improving the team. Hey, look. Look. The Eagles have improved and the optimism is with the talent that they put on the team. Okay, well, what are you going to do with this talent now? You guys brought in talent years ago, the Nambi Asamoa, the Vince Young, and all that stuff. You brought them in, you couldn't utilize them, and it was a train wreck. Poor coaching. I get all that. I understand the dynamic around that. And you're saying it's going to be different here. I believe that. I believe it. Okay? I, I do. I believe it. I mean... How many times do you see the Eagles get the pass interference call down the field? None. None. There's been no respect for the Philly passing game in three years. Since Carson Wentz got hurt in Los Angeles against the Rams, nobody respects that passing game. Nobody respects it. I'll take that back. Since the New Orleans playoff game, the following year after the Super Bowl, got to use today's game. How many times does Brady throw the ball down the field and gets P.I. or the elite guys in the game? We can't utilize that yet because the refs know. You know, the refs are like NBA refs and Major League Baseball umpires. I'll give you the benefit of the strike zone when you're Greg Maddox. You know, did he hit the black? Kind of. 
Well, Maddox gets the call. Steve Maddox is not getting the call. Greg Maddox is getting the call. Jalen's not built that up yet because the offense hasn't built that up yet. Again, that's all I'm saying here. Hey, NZ, Jesus, criminy. Really? Negative? I'm, I'm talking about what has to happen. What are you talking about here? Jesus Christ, you guys can't take any conversation when it comes to talking about the football team and what they have to do for you to win a freaking Super Bowl. You can't take it. You're weak. You're in bead, some of you. It's frustrating. Nobody's talking negative. We're talking what they need to do. Do you think that that quarterback is going to be able to utilize both of those wideouts when he struggled last year finding wideouts? And let's not have wishful thinking. How, how, how do you have a conversation with something when you're talking about trying to improve your business? What do you talk about? Rainbows and butterflies? Who the hell wants to be nine and eight and get crushed in a playoff game? Jeremiah, we have not been talking about if Devontae Smith is going to suffer because they added another guy who's going to get 14 targets. When have I ever brought that up? You think Devontae's going to remain on the same trajectory to be a better player when another guy's getting all the targets? Hmm. Really? And what math do you add up in? There's one football. The DB room, Bradbury's being offered... Ten times the money the Eagles want to pay him by the Raiders. Bradbury is too rich right now for the Eagles. I don't blame him. I'm not paying the money that the Raiders want to drop on him too. Not. Not overpaying for guys who were cut. There's a reason they were cut. Name says I can see 3K yards out of receiving core and 600 to 1,000 from the running backs. You where, in Cincinnati? Marcus, two or three of our wideouts can't get open. Jalen's got to find that open one. Jalen's got to know where to throw the ball. Absolutely. Will Hurts get better? Yes. Cookie says there's an offseason. And training camp in the team last year is not the team this year. Really? You mean that massive training camp that they had last year? And the non-OTAs and the non-mandatory OTAs? Okay. AJ is going to elevate Jalen to a Super Bowl quarterback. Do you think Jalen, what do you think Jalen's ceiling is, Sills? 
Let me hit on that. I'll ask you, got massive, okay? Gamey goes, Rome wasn't built in one day. No, you have 17 weeks to build it. In your world, it does. And it has to happen. Gaming, you have 17 weeks to build this. Oh, God, Stephen, that's such a good take. I do believe that. Hey, Sills, do you believe that COVID set some of the kids back? It could have set this quarterback class back that we just had. It's a good take, Stephen. I do. I do. I'm going to think about that ceiling and such. Because I want to be fair and not ripping. Because the kid did really play better than I thought he was going to play. Lord Bronson will join us at 4.30 Eastern. LB, we'll ask him that same question too as well. Okay? Guys, I love the conversation. I love the passion. I do. You guys are great. Fantastic. Hit the like button. Hour two. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com. field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app the big story and that can search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today in Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy sh! And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears. Hour number two. Hit the like button, Big Sills. Thanks for stepping in with us. Lord Brunson, bottom of the hour. I love him in Philly being part of our program. I really do, man. Xander found him, and he'll be with us at 4.30 Eastern. By the way, programming note, Keith Jackson and Beasley Reese. I guess he did. Beasley's a dear friend of mine, and he won three Emmy Awards, I believe, at CBS3 in Philadelphia. He'll join us. He's now the president of the NFL Alumni Association. So we'll have Beasley Reese on tomorrow and Keith Jackson. And we'll talk some Eagles football with those two men and get their opinions on what's shaking out. And Beasley's been a friend of mine a long time. He was a Buccaneer, and I knew him back in the days when he was in Tampa. Actually, he was a Tampa broadcaster, and he got the job in Philadelphia being a broadcaster. And – he was there forever. I, I think he just left, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he was up there forever broadcasting on CBS3, I think. Those numbers that you guys are talking, 3,700 yards and 3,200 yards are not going to cut it. Okay? You're just not going to cut it. All right. So I was asked an interesting question. The ceiling for Jalen Hurts is who? If I were going to make a comparison to a quarterback, because I like making comparisons because it's a visual. Who could Jalen turn into? See, here, let me do this. To me, Joe Burrow could be Tom Brady. A Tom Brady-type player. Josh Allen? Could be a Patrick Mahomes type player. That game between those two dudes in the playoffs last year was one of the best playoff games I've ever seen between two quarterbacks battling back and forth. It was tremendous. Those two guys were incredible. Um, Justin Herbert, I could see him being Peyton Manning type. I'm talking types, not resumes. Types. Okay. Joe Burrow could be a Tom Brady type, not resume. Win from the pocket, not run much. Traditional seven step guy. That's not talking about Brady the resume. I'm talking Brady the player and his style of play. Well, Rico just said something interesting, and this is kind of what I've said. So you think Vince Young and RG3, not much of a ceiling for those guys. I mean, hey, and by the way, Vince Young, I never understood why he got benched in Tennessee. He was 31 and 19. I don't know what happened there. He had shitty coaching with Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher is a terrible coach. 
He's a terrible coach. This guy had like Case Keenum and Nick Foles in his building, and he cut both of them. This guy couldn't spot a quarterback if it saved his life. I think he ruined Vince Young, actually. I, I never thought they really gave Vince a chance in Tennessee to be a star, and Vince was a little bit counterproductive in his own career as well, you know? And so he didn't help the situation there in Tennessee. I think that Jeff Fisher destroyed Vince Young's opportunity at being a star. Um, I don't know how he got the USFL gig, but he was shitty in the end. Look at his last 10 years as a head coach. How many winning seasons did he have? I don't know how that guy kept a job. I mean, honestly, even Jason Garrett at least won. This guy here sucked his last 10 years. He got the Titans to the Super Bowl, and after that, they, they were terrible. No way Jalen Hurts is Russell Wilson. You guys don't want to pay him $45 million. We were talking about that yesterday. You think the Eagles are going to pay him $45 million? If he's Russell Wilson, you sure as hell are going to pay him $45 million. Hey, Brandon, the master at 8-8, eight and eight, that's Jeff Fisher. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The king of 500. The king of 500. That's a great take. The king of 500. Boy, come on, Jones. You really think that Jalen has the same ability to be a Donovan McNabb? Let me do something here. Let's. You, you guys think he could be McNabb? You guys, I know GT. GT's like Sills. Get to it. Donovan McNabb stats. Cunningham, really? All right. Here's here's McNabb's stats his first two years. Can we do that? Is that fair? First two years? McNabb was... Had 569 attempts and 330 completions. You think Jalen Hurts in his entire career will ever have 330 completions for a regular season? Tell me what he had this year. I'd be interested. 3365, 21 touchdowns, 13 picks. 77-8 quarterback rating. Jalen was better. His second year starting, 285 in completions, 493, 32-33, different NFL then, I get it a little bit. 25 touchdowns, 12 picks, 84-3 quarterback rating. Remember, he's not a runner. There's no rushing stats here for him. He wasn't a running quarterback. Rushing. I'll take that back. 629 and then 482 in his second year rushing. So he did have some rushing. 
He ran the ball, but that's usually what happens with a rookie quarterback or a first-year starter. You take off. As a matter of fact, in McNabb's career, the first year starting was the most that he ever had in his career running the ball. 629. The rest of them went 482, 450, 355. The 2004 season, he had 220, 200, 200, 147. The more he became a passer, the less he ran. That's exactly what Jalen's got to do. Okay? The, the number from 900 yards rushing is down. To me, watch this. If Jalen Hurts is 900 yards rushing or whatever the number was, if that number comes down to 600 and they're winning games, I'll make you guys – I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If Jalen Hurts has 3,500 passing yards and he has 400 rushing yards – and that team's 11 and 7 or 11 and 6. He got better as a passer. He's winning games. Running less. He's got to be doing more in the passing game. If you start to see what Donovan did, less rushing yards, wins, wins matter here. Okay. It's funny, Doc Rivers said something really about the MVP award. Analytics can't just rule this thing here. We can't be so focused on analytics that 4,500 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, and those are like the benchmarks on what we see for a quarterback. Winning's got to matter too in this process. How many times have we – like Dak Prescott's the ultimate analytical quarterback, is he not? Okay. Is he not the biggest analytical quarterback we have? Dak throws for so many yards and losing efforts, and people look at the numbers and go, this guy threw for a shitload of yards. And then you go like this, yeah, but the numbers aren't really all that great outside of that first year of him starting. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, then you start looking at the analytics and you start looking, and that's how the Joker got the MVP over and beat with all the shit they never played into, all the Ben Simmons stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, there's a part of me that goes, analytics, man, I get where they need them in the game today, but I also get where it almost blinds people when you're looking at how quarterback's development, receiver's development, anybody's development at any sport. Ish, garbage time to me. I mean, you could have said that basically about Justin Herbert. They were always playing from behind, so we had 350 yards passing. Well, what did that mean? They were still 4-12. and 12. You know what I mean? You're like, well, shit. Chris, I agree. I think Dak's the king of garbage time. See, I, but but here, if we start to see that rushing number come down like Donovan, I guess I'm, th- I'm hey, hey, GT, I know I haven't answered your question. We're 15 minutes into the second hour here. I, I, I get what you're saying here. And I was asked the question, you know, I, I was asked the question, what do you think his ceiling is, Sills? Here. God, I never looked at Jalen being. 
I, I, I don't think he can be as good as McNabb. He's got tools around him, though. McNabb have a, or does Jalen have a better O-line than McNabb did? That team won a lot of games. Most imp- Hey, you know what also we're forgetting here? He's Nick Sirianni, Andy Reid. We're assuming, GT, wait a minute. You're assuming that Sirianni is Andy Reid. Jesse, he's got to run. Why did you get a $100 million wideout? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, gaming. You guys are saying that Jalen Hurts is going to be a franchise quarterback, or some of you, and you're saying he's going to get better. Is Nick going to be – what's Nick Sirianni's – what's his ceiling? Andy Reid? What's Nick – he has to – hey, I'll tell you this. I just got through telling you about Josh Allen. Josh Allen – And his ability to get better is because Brian Dable was there. Ken Dorsey was there. Sean McDermott was there. These guys are great coaches. Put him in a position to win. Best coaching he's ever had in his career. What's Nick Sirianni's ceiling? You think he's as good a coach as Doug Peterson? Your last two Philadelphia Eagle coaches, one brought you to a Super Bowl and four NFC Championship games. The other won you an NFC Championship and a Super Bowl. You think Nick Sirianni falls in that same line? That he is going to be... Because again, we started to show off. We started to show off with Nick Sirianni, okay, you think Nick's going to have the aptitude and the coaching ability to be able to get A.J. Brown his his targets and develop Devontae Smith at the same time while you're still developing a quarterback? You think Nick can do all of this still? Didn't have to do it last year. He didn't have to do it last year. They ran the ball. Dude, the more I look at that coaching staff, yeah, Jim Johnson on the other side too, right? That's a – Sean McDermott's on – I mean, dude, you guys had some incredible coaches on that coaching staff. Too early – wait a minute. Look at what Dupree says. It's too early to compare Nick and Jalen to anyone. Someone asked me what a ceiling is. You think Sirianni can be... GT, you think Sirianni can be Pete Carroll? The Eagles were 2-5, and and the Vets didn't turn on him. Tells me there's something there. Eric completely agree. He listens to his players. 
Hey, you know, when I was listening to that interview today, thank you very much, Eric. When I was listening to that interview today, did you also catch what Howie Roseman said when he was with the Sports Take guys? I think it was Rob that asked the question about the backup. Uh, now he'll be backup center to Jason Kelsey. Did you get that little kind of little tidbit? Yeah, you know, we really have guys inside our organization we kind of listen to. And I like the players and people like that to be part. I think Barrett was kidding. Like he wanted a job because he's putting all these guys into NFL seats around the NFL from the front office. And Barrett's like, I want a job because I want to get one of these big. Did you hear like how he say that he listened to Jason Kelsey? That's a good thing too. So you got the GM and the head coach listening to players. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. It's a big deal because that means they're open. It's not criticism. They're they're open to their players being able to say something. As long as it's smart, they'll probably digest it. Doesn't mean they'll they'll apply it, but it actually means that they'll sit there and listen to it. All right. I'll tell you what, man. I think I'm going to ask that question to Lord Brunson. LB joins us now. Dan, what's up? Dude, I got a question for you. Because I heard Rob Ellis bring this up today on Sports Take. And I'll ask you, if you had to make a T-shirt that would be a theme for the Philadelphia Eagles going into the 2022 season, what would that theme be? Uh, it's kind of going to be, it's kind of a cliche to my viewers, but I'm actually wearing a hat right now. Hurt season. I mean, that's who that that's, it gotta be about Jalen hurts and how far he can take this team. I made this hat last year, but it's, this applies to this year with the moves we've been made. So this, this is a lot about Jalen hurts hurt season, man. We want to see change. How about that? You know what too? My theme was this, the season of hurts. Mm -hmm. And because We've been asking this question probably since the second half of 2019. Who's going to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles? That has to be answered this year because there's seven guys that are going to be drafted in the top 32 picks this coming NFL draft. I mean, we're going to have to know this. We're going to have to know this as quick as and soon as possible. And this year, he's going to be given that opportunity. And this has to be the year of Hurts. I, I agree, but what does that look like, Dan? That's the question I find myself, you know, that's the question I ask myself a lot. What does a successful season look like to where we can finally say he's the guy? What does he have to do? You know, a lot of people been hitting me with he has to advance in the playoffs. I think that's a little unfair because he just went to the playoffs last year. If he goes back this year, I don't understand why he has to advance. There's plenty of quarterbacks we think of as elite that never won a playoff game or have very few playoff wins under their belt. So what does it look like? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Would you agree if it looked like this? I thought about that question too. Mm -hmm. I think great minds think alike here. I thought about that exact question. What if he goes out and wins 11 games, has 3,200 passing yards, maybe a couple ticks up from what he did, 25 touchdowns and he's less in the run game and he's winning more in the passing game. 
don't you think that optic of being able to utilize a $100 million guy they just signed, the year previous first rounder, if they start winning games, LB, through the air, is that the progress that they're looking for that they want to advance this conversation on him being the face of the team? I think it's not, it doesn't have to be, you know, primarily through the air, but we want to see more games being won off of the arm of the quarterback. You, you know, you need that in the in the postseason. You know, you can do a lot of things in the regular season, but you got to be able to win with your arm down the stretch in the National Football League. So I think you're spot on. 11 wins, a couple more wins with your arm, some big-time throws down the stretch, another playoff berth, obviously, with the 11 wins. I think you can start giving some real consideration to this being the guy because that shows development. If he does everything you just said, that's development. That's development to me because you're winning with what they need Mm-hmm. to advance this offense. They can't keep advancing it one-dimensionally, running it. It's got to start getting into today's NFL by throwing the ball. Let me take you over to Sirianni for a second. Do you think Sirianni – how about this? What's Sirianni's ceiling, in your opinion, as a coach? You think he's in line with what they've done with their their two coaches that were successful here? Let's take Chip Kelly out of the conversation and put – Doug Peterson and Andy Reid into this conversation. Do you think that he is one of those type of players when it comes to being a coach? Do you think he advances that much to where he's that successful as his predecessors? I think so. When you look at Doug Peterson, nobody really knew what Doug Peterson was going to be. It was that second season where Doug Peterson got Alshon Jeffrey. They went out later in the year and acquired um, Jay Ajayi. You know, you know, they were playing with a young, fresh Carson Wentz. It was that second season. And now Nick Sirianni is in that second season, but except he has playoff experience. Now we got the floor mopped with us by Tampa Bay, but it's still experience. So I think the sky's the limit for Nick Sirianni. I feel he's the one guy in our front office that I feel really comfortable about. How about this, dude? You know, I mean, here's something else that we have to start now applying when it comes to having AJ. You know, everybody is really excited about AJ Brown being added to the mix. Well, that's going to take targets away, or maybe you don't agree, away from Devontae Smith. You bring a guy like that in and pay him $100 million, LB, and you mm-hmm. got another guy on the other side, and we're still developing the quarterback here. Are we, are we just wishful thinking, or do you think one of these guys is going to suffer here, and most notably the development of Devontae Smith if you're going 14 targets here, mm-hmm. you gotta have a you have a quarterback who struggled finding second read. And that's just not me saying that's people like Brian Baldinger saying it as well. He's got to improve on that. How do you see that dynamic? Sirianni working this new toy into the offense, an offense that's strategic uh, built on running the ball. You have a wide receiver you spent a first rounder on. How do you see that dynamic working? I see the dynamic working perfectly fine because I don't see any wide receiver on this roster getting more than seven targets a game a lot this season. You know what I mean? I don't see us getting that pass happy because we kind of know our identity. Now, what has to happen for everything to mesh is we have to have a balanced attack. The first half of the season, all we did was run. Uh, All we did was pass, excuse me. The second half of the season, all we did was run. When are we going to bring it together? When are we going to have 50% or 40%, 60%? I think it comes together with a balanced attack naturally. 
you know, I, 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 I brought this up with you last time you were on here about Jordan Davis. Um, are you comfortable with him being taken off the field on third down and still calling it a good pick? Uh, no, uh, that's tough. You know, that's tough. I, I guess it's more situational. It depends on where you're at on, on third down. If you, It depends on what scheme you're running. It's a lot of talks of us going to a 34 style, and, and I wouldn't be comfortable with them, you know, on the field or not on it at all in that situation because you have so many defensive tackles on the roster. I think when you move up to get a guy, you got to implement him day one. But I will say this. The guy that looks most to be implemented is N'Kobe Dean from the rookie class. I can see Jordan Davis kind of sitting back and learning a little bit from the guys we have. I, I think N'Kobe Dean is going to be the Eagles' rookie of the year on that team because I mm -hmm. think he's going to be more utilized. Um, that's more of a weakness I think the strength of the football team, when you have a guy like Fletcher Cox and you have Hardgrave in there, that's got to be the strengths of the football team because you guys have $30 million wrapped up right there. So to me, I think it's a perfect learning curve for him to be able to be there with this. Um, you know, the, the one thing, though, going forward here, the weaknesses people keep talking about, cornerback two. Are you, is that a major concern for you right now as they still try to figure this out? I know that the DB got released from the, from the Giants. They're talking about him mm -hmm. potentially being a replacement, even though the Raiders are offering more money. Talk about that cornerback two situation. Is that the biggest glaring weakness you see in this offseason for them to win? I think it's one of the only ones remaining. It, it, it doesn't really bother me that much because Steven Nelson wasn't terrible in the system. So I'm expecting whoever to be, you know, the cornerback two moving forward to be somewhat competent and to at least give you what Steven Nelson gave you. Now, I will say this. There's a lot of options out there, and you definitely can upgrade that position. You got the money to do so. It's just about if Howie Roseman sees it as a concern. Because with the way you built this front seven, I just pray to God Jonathan Gannon has his – has the right mindset to not give quarterbacks, opposing quarterbacks, too much time and give that CB2 slot, you know, kind of just give them some time to, you know, see the play. You don't you don't want to come out hot and heavy when you have a weakness on defense. And everybody's going to attack that guy, whoever he is anyway, depending on who you bring in. I want to take you over to the city because I enjoyed your tweets last night. I was watching the same <laughs> stuff you were watching last night. Did you think Embiid was pouting last night? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 with it. It's not a popular take because we all Philadelphia, you know, Philly Unite. But come on, man. I've been in I've been in so many, you know, team-oriented situations like active duty military exercises, sports myself, and I know when something's bothering a guy. I'm not going to say he was pouting, but he was highly distracted. And, you know, once I saw the jolt of energy in the second half, I'm like, we could have got that in the first half. You, you know, just, just to keep it all the way real, it was a little bit of pouting going on. There was a little bit of problem going on, and that's the wrong time for that. Yeah, but you know what else, too? What really disturbed me was that the other guys went into the boat with him, and yeah. they didn't lift him. What, what, where is James Harden in this thing here, man? I mean, dude, you are an MVP. You're considered mm -hmm. one of the stars. You're looking for a max deal, and you jump into that boat where everything went south so you all did – I mean, when you hear Doc Rivers on the side there beg players to go after loose basketballs, LB, dude, that means I'm begging you to give effort. That yeah. was that was one of the poorest looks I've ever seen for a team. I don't care what sport it was 
that those guys were moping because their superstar had something on their mind like that. I mean, you're in a game five. Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. I, I agree. The, the, the circumstances were way too high. When, when Joel Embiid isn't playing or isn't playing well or distracted, we can add that to the list now, it affects the entire game. If Joel Embiid doesn't close out and put his hand up on a contested shot, then nobody else will do it. Once they see Joel Embiid giving maximum effort, it brings the other guys up. It's hard for the team to galvanize around a superstar. The superstar's job is to remain focused at all times to keep his team on the same page. So if your superstar got some give up anymore, it seems that way, then I can see how that trickles down to the rest of the guys. You think Doc Rivers coaches his last game tomorrow night if they get bounced? No, because the effort thing isn't a Doc Rivers problem. If I got to beg you to give me effort, then I need to replace you if I'm the head coach. So I don't think Doc Rivers is doing anything wrong. Doc Rivers is, I, I mean, he, he's Doc Rivers is doing the best he can do with the worst bench in the national, uh, <laughs> I mean, in, in the NBA. You know, the bench is horrible. George Niang is a liability offensively and defensively. Shake Milton, he's getting pivotal minutes and not really doing much either. It's just not a good situation to be in this deep in the playoffs with a bench like this. So I don't think much of it is Doc's fault. I'll tell you this, LB. Lastly here, every time I watch Jimmy Butler, man, dude, I, I hey, 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 you do this, you're doing the same shit I'm doing because I shake my head. Is it just me or does he like getting into that sixer ass every time he steps on the floor? I, I can't remember I mean, a game where anybody, they've had an answer for him. It's, it's, it's like he got like a little black book and he just remembers if you did anything wrong to him, he will pay you back in the playoffs. And he turns it up a notch in the playoffs as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think we're actually doing a good job on him defensively. You know, Well, not really on Jimmy Butler, but everybody else. And you want Jimmy Butler to kind of be the focal, the focal point scoring in a situation like this. But, I mean, something got to give next game. We'll see. Dude, every time I see Butler, man, it just looks like. Dude, ain't hit dude, a three man. all year. And he on fire against <laughs> us. You know what that's I mean? Gotta, hey, that's got to be the worst move in Sixer history, man. It, yeah, it, one mean, of them. <laughs> one of them, man. LB, I appreciate it, brother. Thanks no for problem, stepping bro. in. All right, Dan. Thank you for having me. You got it, man. That's my man, Lloyd Brunson there. Uh, you know, he's right. There's a lot of optimism. I love the hat, too. It is the year of Jalen, man. It's totally the year of Jalen. Hey, don't forget, our good friends at Morgan & Morgan, my friends, where the fee is free, that means this. Choosing an attorney is one of the most important things that you could possibly do. And Morgan & Morgan knows this. For the people is not a slogan. It's what they do, and it's who they are. Collecting settlements for their clients has been something that they've been doing for over 30 years now. $13 billion that they have received for their clients. $13 billion over the last 30 years. They're the biggest casualty law firm in the country with over 800 attorneys and offices in Philadelphia, New York, Florida, across the country. Morgan & Morgan is there to serve you to make sure that you will not be intimidated. You cannot intimidate Morgan & Morgan. The call is free. 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The consultation is free. 800-512-1600. Call them and when you do, tell them Big Sill sent you. Many times when people are injured at a place of business, they don't realize they may have a case. The fact is injuries should not happen. And most of the time when someone is injured, someone is at fault. 
Maybe the store manager installed a cheap, slippery floor, or there wasn't proper security. After an injury at a hotel, restaurant, store, or any place of business, it's so important to call us. Time matters. Size matters. Morgan & Morgan. For the people. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. You know, somebody brought up, I don't know who, about COVID development of college athletes. I, I, I was thinking about it. And I'll tell you what else it did. Greatest thing ever happened to the Southeastern Church was COVID-19. Greatest thing ever happened to that. Changed the whole entire dynamic. More so for the SEC. On during that whole process. 
the Big Ten was jacking around with starting a season, not starting a season, playing it, playing five games, whatever the hell it was. Pac-12 still goes through it to this day. The SEC doing, played all their games. And you know what the kids did? Parents were doing this. Parents, I'm not sending you to Los Angeles or Oregon, or I'm not sending you to Columbus, or I'm not sending you to Ann Arbor. You're going to stay here at home, and you're going to stay down here in the southeastern part of the country where we could drive in a car to come get you if we have to. You're not going anywhere. COVID-19 put restrictions on that. Plus, if I w- during that time, I was telling my kid the same thing. She asked me the question, if I was being recruited and I was being recruited by Ohio State, Iowa, or one of those schools in that conference, and they told me they weren't going to play a college football season, and I knew the SEC was, and I was being recruited by a Southeastern Conference school, I would do this. Well, I'm going there. I'm going there because I'm going to play my games, and I'm going to play in the NFL. And I'm going to play in a conference that's, Visually, everywhere, every single season. It absolutely, GT, reset everything for college football. You're not, how many kids did you see transferring from Pac-12 schools and Big Ten schools to go play at the SEC? Look, look at what's happening. Now you've added the transfer portal. Now you've added nil. The SEC is just... Raking it in. <laughs> Xander's eating a cannoli in honor of in honor of Big Sills. Thank you, thank you. You understand? COVID did all of that for the Southeastern Conference. That's why when Howie Roseman, who was on today's sports take, was saying, "Hey, the owner wants more Bamba guys. I want more SECs because the best kids over the last couple of years." are getting the opportunity to get the best coaching. They know they're not going to have pauses in their schedule and the SEC. Did the SEC miss I, – I, I guarantee you this. Xander knows this. Did the Southeastern Conference miss any games during COVID? I don't think they missed a game. That's a great question. Eastside Monster, what would you have asked Howie? Hmm. What would I have asked Howie? I how about this? I would have asked him the same question I asked the owner of the Cowboys yesterday. Were you happy with Jalen Hurts' play last year enough to make him the starting quarterback for the future? I asked the owner of the Cowboys that. That's probably what I would ask them. Jalen, I would have said, Han, I would have set it up. Jalen had a very productive rookie year. Are you happy with what he did that you see him being the face of your franchise for the next three years? I don't think that's out of line. Okay, I don't. I just, I don't think that's out of line. Because we're still asking it. All right. I got a question here. 
can't believe I didn't get to this. This is one of my topic questions, too. And we kind of broached it yesterday a little bit. Yale says he can't say yes. Jesus, man. Really? Yale, he can't say yes to that question. You think they're saying yes to that question? Here. Is Tua Tagovailoa the future in Miami? He can't answer that, Chris Greer. Is Zach Wilson the answer to the Jets' future? Joe Douglas can't answer that in New York. The general manager in Chicago can't answer Justin Fields. Hell, get this. John Lynch can't answer the question on who a starting quarterback is going to be in September of 2022. That's in a few months. Think of that for a minute. That team made it to the NFC. I'll tell you what, this puts this in a different light here for me a little bit. If John Lynch can't answer that question and his team was in the NFC championship game, maybe Howie does get a pass here for this. He can't answer it either. And they invested $27 million in Jimmy Garoppolo and what was it? The third or second pick in Trey Lance. Right? They can't answer that question. In San Francisco, and that's a damn good football team. That's a that's a damn good team. That's a, that's a great question too, Chris. Who do you think comes out of this, Jalen or Tua? Both of them have given hell, and let's not forget something with Tua. They just got an offensive tackle from the Saints. They've added a shitload of dudes to that team. Really a lot. What is Hurts' ceiling? Before I get to this topic question, I've got to answer that. (sighs) Taking a full hour, haven't I, GT? I just don't know. I just don't know. Alabama quarterbacks suck. Stabler, Namath, Mack. This guy's been pretty good. Mac Jones had a heck of a year last year. They, they had a good year last year. Made it to the playoffs in his rookie season. The starting quarterback. Not Cam out of the building. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not as down on Mac Jones. Do I think Mac Jones is Joe Burrow? Not yet. But at least Mac Jones wins with his arm and not his legs, and that's how you win in the NFL today. Ken Stabler did not suck. Absolutely did not. You know how to play it, Sills. Hang on, GT. Let me set a bar for him. Xander goes, Mac Jones on time, on target. Just ask Devontae. Devontae's such a good kid. Supporting his quarterback in Philly. Supporting the quarterback that he had 
at Alabama. Such a good kid. Dude, I love him. I, I, I want nothing but the greatest success for him. I root for Devontae. Do you see when he won the Heisman? Whole entire family, community, they love that kid. That guy is more than Devontae Smith. That guy is a community. Not just a family raised him, but a village raised him. That village, man, do you see all those kids and people in full ages cheering him when he won the Heisman? Him winning the Heisman? Hell, the kid Waddle may be better and may have a better career than Devontae. May have a better career. Jalen Waddle's considered the better player. Look at the draft. I mean, he's considered the better player. And he was considered the better player when he was at Alabama. I think if he doesn't, I think it was the Tennessee game, Tennessee or LSU game. He got hurt in Devontae took off in this magical season. All those people just cheering him though, got the Heisman. He gave the speech. Dude, I love listening to kids who thank people because you put people in a position to give you success, man. And you're so thankful for who you are and what you are and where you're, where you come from and you remember your roots and you do all that stuff. He, he is a prime example of a family that was embraced by a community because this kid loves where he's from and he loves who he is. Not, you, you can't coach that. You pray for that in your players. Some kids have harder upper. And by the way, don't look like they had the easiest upbringing. But you know what it looks like to me? The same stuff that I told you about with Michael Irvin and all that stuff. I walked into houses that had dirt on the floor and grass on the roof. Eddie Brown, Michael Irvin, Benny Blades, Brian Blades, Brett Perriman, all these guys came from poor beginnings. But you know what they all had in them homes? Just millions and millions of dollars of love. Just loved their kids. Wanted their kids to succeed sacrifice, did whatever it took for them to win. A lot of those kids and a lot of that mentality is now at Alabama. Because Saban goes into those places with the dirt floors and the grass on the roof. A lot of places don't go in there anymore. Dabo Sweeney, he goes in there, okay? Ed Ogeron goes into those places. I love places like that. Hey, man, when you walk into Eddie Brown's house and you see a pot on a stove in the middle with a, with a chute going through the roof with grass on it, I wanted to cry. I was like this, shit. Man, these guys have nothing. And there's like 10 kids in the house. And Eddie Brown's all happy. And he goes to me, goes, Sills, I just got to make it for my mama, man. I got to make it for my mama. Sure enough, man, he gets drafted by the Bengals in the first round, buys his mom a $700,000 house, puts her and her family in it. I was there when they walked in. Mom's crying and shit. Eddie's like, man, I have to do this. Bought it cash. I was like, damn. That's, dude, you got to be there for one of them moments to watch somebody that was raised in a grass hut 
buy a million dollar house for his mom. Eric says, do you think any of the wide receivers, wide receivers struggle because drama is Jalen struggles? Eric, I think the expectations that you have on the wide receivers, in my opinion, are too high. The expectations for your wide receiving core should be in line with the rest of your franchise's history. I mean, Hurts ceiling. Thank you, Sean. Hurts ceiling is unknown. His floor is set at wild card. Ceiling. Not letting me get away with it, are you guys? You know why I'm struggling with it? Because I'm rooting for him. Because I'm rooting for him. I am. I'm rooting for him. Is he Tyrod Taylor? Will he be better than Tyrod Taylor? Will he be better than Teddy Bridgewater? Do I see him being Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? I saw Blake Bortles take the Jags to the playoffs into an AFC championship game. I saw Blake Bortles do that. Everyone loves an underdog. Steven, I think you're right. Chris says, Vince Young, if he's lucky. I want your honest truth. No shade towards Hurts. Just an honest opinion. Damn, Sean, I'm rooting for him, man. Okay, I really am. I'm really rooting for him. I think you're going to see a player. I'm trying to think of a guy in NFL history. Who's a player... Do I see him being Donovan McNabb and taking your team to four straight NFC championship games and then getting a team into the Super Bowl? Do I see that? Man, I don't. Has any quarterback his style led a team to the Super Bowl? And he's, and don't say Steve Young, please. Steve Young was accurate. Okay. Now, to Steve Young and to Jalen's side of it, he did have Jerry Rice. <laughs> and he did have T.O. He did have Jerry Rice. Okay. Jeff Garcia? No, I think he's better than Jeff Garcia. I think he's better than Jeff Garcia. I'm trying to think of a quarterback. How about this? You think he has the same success, Vic? Fran Tarkenton? Fran Tarkenton threw for over 40,000 yards and held the all-time single, not single, but the all-time yardage record for decades until Peyton Manning passed it. You, Fran Tarkenton threw for a shitload of yards. You think, Kyle, that he has the upside of Cam Newton where he wins an MVP? Wow. That 
is a spectacular one, five-star. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick won an NFC championship game. Got his team to the Super Bowl. And if the lights don't go out, I think Jim Harbaugh beats his brother, John. 49ers were were rolling in that game. Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick, I'm sorry. Some of you hate the guy. Take the politics out of it. Don't let it blind you. But Colin Kaepernick, I thought was a good football player. Brandon says Kaepernick had the best offensive line in the NFL in San Francisco and was much faster than Hertz. Well, Hertz has the best old line in the NFL now. He's fast. I'm making a comparison to him. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. He went backwards, though, because that organization went backwards. They started jettisoning guys. When that team was 1-10, when they benched him, his numbers weren't terrible. The team was terrible. The organization. Trent Belke sucks. Why do you think Byron Leftwich didn't take that Jags job? Because that guy's in the building. And the only reason that Doug took the job is because Doug's got more power than Trent Belke in Jacksonville. Dude, Kaepernick, if Jalen Hurts turns out to be Colin Kaepernick, that's a win. Dude, you're out of your mind. Colin Kaepernick was not trash. His politics are. You're clouding it. You're clouding it. Remember what I told you? I don't give a shit about his politics. Colin Kaepernick, yeah. And by the way, Colin Kaepernick with a good football team around him was a good football player. Colin Kaepernick. That's a great take, whoever said that. Colin Kaepernick's stats. Yeah, he wasn't a good player. Okay, right, whatever. Let me see this. Watch this. Colin Kaepernick. 61% 61% completion percent is 33-69, 19 touchdowns, four picks, 25 touchdowns, five picks. Rushing. Kaepernick, 524, 639, 475. 69 and 58 as a quarterback in National Football League as a starter. This guy's got a better win percentage than Matthew Stafford does. He GT, he has not done better than Colin Kaepernick. He has not. Are you crazy? Here's Kaepernick's here. Out of your mind if you think he's done that. Eight and two, 12 and four, eight and eight, four and six, one and 10. Last year there. 
excuse me, his record is 28 and 30. Okay. My bad. He's 28 and 30. Yeah, 28 and 30. Hertz is deceptively fast. Kaepernick, Kaepernick was Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson. Out of your mind, man. He's a good football player. He's a good football player. You people just hate his politics and it blinds you. Hey, let's see Jalen get to a Super Bowl. How about this? Let's see him first win a playoff game. Before you start saying that Kaepernick sucked. <laughs> win a game. Win a postseason game first. Then we'll start talking. Okay? I mean, really, this guy's got a better win percentage than Matthew Stafford does. Kaepernick was not built like Hertz. Yeah, I know, because he's 6'5". <laughs> right? Let me see. How big is Colin Kaepernick? Colin Kaepernick is six feet four inches tall. Okay, yeah, he's six four and a half, two thirty-five. You're right. Hertz has built nothing like him. <laughs> That's a big dude. Running down the sidelines in cleats. Yeah. I'll take that. And then if he can elevate his game more. Okay, that's whatever. Whatever. Win a game. Kaepernick was a gazelle, man. But, but, But know this too, Matthew. The one thing about Colin Kaepernick, and again, I hate his politics. I can't stand the guy's politics. I can't stand it either. But watch this. I'll give you another comparison. I'll, to, I'll throw this at you. O.J. Simpson's one of the top five running backs in the history of the game. But the NFL doesn't want to bring that up because you know why? They tie him being a murderer into what he did as an NFL player, which are two completely different things. Somebody asked me top five backs of all time. Juice is it. Six, three and a half, 235, Olympic speed. You're not catching O.J., OJ was a spectacular football player. Now you ask me about being a man. There's a different conversation there. Same thing with Kaepernick's politics. You're talking to me about a guy I can't stand, doesn't represent my country. He's the number one guy on the nickel. He didn't do it, Sills. Guys, hit the like button. Hour three. I'm finally going to get to a topic that I've been skating past since the open of the show here. Hit the like button, hour three, keep it here on the National Football Show. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV 
They may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS, not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan for the people.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy, Big Sills. Appreciate you guys stepping in with us. I like that topic, man. Best back of all time we were talking about, and I was saying something about OJ. Please hit the like button here. I'm going to get to a couple other topics we have here in this hour. Hey, don't forget tomorrow, by the way, Beasley Reese will join us. Keith Jackson also is going to step in. Beasley did uh, television in Philadelphia for like ever. Won three Emmy Awards there at CBS 3, I think it was. So we will talk with him. That'll be tomorrow. I see you guys talking about the best backs of all time. Let me tell you, the, the best running backs I ever played against. Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker, Eric Dickerson. Barry. Trying to think. Anyone else? Eric Dickerson, Herschel, Bo. I'm going to tell you guys something. Bo Jackson's the best running back I've ever seen. And, and get this. It's a damn shame he'll never be in the Hall of Fame. You think Terrell Davis is better than Bo Jackson? You think Adrian Peterson's better than Bo Jackson? For that matter, do you think Emmett Smith or Barry Sanders is better than Bo Jackson? You're out of your mind. 
238, 240, ran nine flat, 9'300 meters. This guy ran a four-flat 40-yard dash at 240 pounds. He was unbelievable. LaDainian Tomlinson is not better than Bo Jackson. What an absolute shame that that guy got hurt because he's legend. I've never seen a dude. I played against him in college and in the pros. Okay, when he was at Auburn and when he was with the Raiders. <laughs> guy was stupid, man. Never seen anything like it. He did this to you when you were on the field with Bo Jackson. Man, there's something stupid about this, man. The best athletes I've ever seen in an NFL uniform are Herschel, Dion, Bo. You guys remember Rod Woodson? Remember Rod Woodson, Steelers, Ravens? Okay. Remember that? Man, Bo Jackson made the all-star team in baseball and the all-pro team in football, Pro Bowl team, in the same year. And he's not going to be in any of their Hall of Fames. Okay? Because his injuries. Dude, Rod Woodson was an absolute beast. That guy, man, would I think he was a hurdler. I think he qualified for, like, the Olympic hurdling team. He was a high hurdler, man, at Purdue. And what an absolute freak show he is. And what you can't believe with Rod Woodson, how big he is as a corner. He's like 6'4". He's like a 6'4 corner with Olympic speed. You're not getting around that guy. And, dude, you, you were kind of like, this guy's playing against little tiny wideout guys. Ed Reed's the best safety that's ever lived. There's no denying that. Ronnie Lott was a spectacular safety. They moved him from corner after his third or fourth year, and they dropped him over. The com- hey, the Kansas Comet, damn shame he got injured. Hey, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Gail Sayers, I got to think that Gail Sayers made the Hall of Fame in only 60 games. Imagine that. Only 60 games as an NFL player, Gale Sayers made the Hall of Fame, and he was injured the majority of that time. Charles Woodson, too, man. Okay? Hey, man. Brian Dawkins was a fine ball player. Jamal Lewis was a fine ball player. Christian Okoye, fine ball player. Not Bo Jackson. Absolutely not Bo Jackson. Okay? No way, man. All right. I can't believe I've let this thing just go and continue to slide through here. There's three wide receivers that are in the open market right now that are looking for a job. Odell Beckham. Jarvis Landry, who we talked about yesterday. And Julio Jones. You think the Eagles should have any interest in any of these three guys? Yeah. GT, let's throw AB into that. I'm okay with that. 
Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, and Antonio Brown. Would you have any interest in any of these? Here, watch this. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, this is in the slot, or Antonio Brown behind that old line with Jalen. Would you have the best offense in the NFC? Put A.B. on a one-year deal? Hey, how he said he has to gamble. How about putting Antonio Brown here on a one-year deal? Million bucks. Shits the bed, fire him. (laughs) A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Antonio Brown. Plus, you'd be a, you'd be must-see television. You'd be must-see television. You just wouldn't be a Philly thing. Hey, and and don't think this is out of line here. If you can hire T.O., you can hire Antonio Brown. Don't go like this. Nah, I don't want that guy. Steve, were you saying no to T.O. to Philly? Kyle says no. Dude, man, you'd be a primetime television show. I'll tell you what, too. You'd have a better group than the Cowboys. You line that group up. Can you imagine Antonio Brown in your slot? You put Antonio Brown in the slot. You put a you you put A B in the slot. AJ Brown out left and Devontae, then Dallas Goddard, too. Chris, you're not getting OBJ though until November, December. Kyle says I'd rather have Quez Watkins than Antonio Brown. No, 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 no. What you mean is, Kyle, you trust Quez Watkins more than you trust Antonio Brown. You wouldn't rather have Quez on the field. You trust him more. There's a difference. You're tying the two in. That I agree with you on. Okay? On the field? Come on now. AB still legit on the field. Bird gang, it is. Howie is not that crazy to bring in T.O. Well, who brought T.O. in? Andy Reid? Without Joe Banner or Jeffrey Lurie's blessing? Jeffrey Lurie had to bless T.O. coming in. Why wouldn't he bless Antonio Brown coming in? No way. No way. You got enough weapons? Dude, you never have enough weapons. Not worth the risk? What's the risk? You fire a guy on a minimum contract? What's the risk? You're making it sound like these guys are preschool kids. 
These are men collecting paychecks. What are you talking about? Fragile? This is not the Sixers. The Eagles aren't the Sixers. You got, you got Jason Kelsey and you got leadership in that locker room. It's not the Sixers who are soft as tissue. AB's a cancer. So was T.O. Oh, so wait a minute. The owner signed off. Nathan, great take. So Nathan, Nathan's right. Jeffrey Lurie signed off on T.O. and a guy who was in Leavenworth. He had to sign off on that to bring Vic into Philly, but not A.B. <laughs> what? You just even maybe made me more even convinced that I'm going to be a proponent of this. Will you sign off on that sales? Yes, I would. On a, on a minimum contract? Minimum contract. I bring him in to OTAs, and I'm mandatory that he shows up to OTAs and all mini camps. And if he Fs up, he's gone. What's the loss? You gave him camp money? Xander goes, how many wide receivers do you need? How many wide receivers do you want? I thought you were trying to get into the today's NFL, trying to throw the ball down the field. Ask Kansas City that question. They're still trying to find a number two for Tariq Hill, and they never were able to. Ask that question in Los Angeles. Ask that question anywhere. How many wide receivers do you need? How many players do you want productive? So if I threw at you, (laughs) wait a minute, wait a minute. Antonio Brown in the slot, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, you don't want that. Okay. (laughs) I don't want that. No, I'd rather have Quez. (laughs) You're paying him Quez money. That's the, that's the hidden thing in this. Antonio Brown's a $30 million a year receiver. You get him for a million. Oh, of course, that sucks too. That's right up how he's let. This is right up how he's skirt, man. <laughs> Holy cow. Hey, so I'm going to get a $30 million wide receiver for a million. Yeah, but he's a headache. Hey, welcome to the NFL. All wide receivers are headaches. Yeah, but still, this guy here, man, he's a cancer. Okay, so you signed T.O. and you brought in Vic. But, hey, you know, and you had Cooper Riley on your team. Riley Cooper on your team. But, hey, not him. (laughs) Okay. You're double talking. Hey, we had a racist on the team. We had a cancer on the team. And we had an animal killer on the team. But not T.O. That's where we draw the line. <laughs> yeah. We draw the line here in Philly on him. I'll take the dog killer. I'll take the cancer. Okay. And I'll keep the racist on the team. But hey, AB, that's where we got to draw the line. <laughs> okay. Really? <laughs> Yeah, you guys kill me sometimes there. This is funny. 
league and veteran minimum, right? One, you put that dude on a million-dollar contract, you put incentives in there. If you're on the team after week eight, you get 500 grand. Don't put it on playing time with him. Put it on availability time. If he's here, he makes this. If he's here, because, dude, if you look at his numbers, Antonio Brown was exceptionally productive in Tampa. I think in, like, eight games, the Super Bowl year, I think he had 900 yards and 10 touchdowns. Half the season. This guy was on pace for 1,600 yards. No, but you don't want that. I get it. It, it, hey, and $29 million cheaper. No, you don't want that, though. How many wideouts do you want? On a deal like that, I'll take 10 of them. Give me a baker's dozen. Whew. We have plenty of cornerbacks. Hey, and by the way, Bird Gang, how about if you did this? Brown turns out to be something, and you're playing him. You get to the trading deadline. You trade him to a team for another corner. He's been talking crazy all week. He's a weirdo. This just in. Really, is that an epiphany that you're making there? Bogsian, he's talking crazy. Well, because he insulted Colin Kaepernick, you guys have just been insulting Colin Kaepernick in my comparison for the last 25 minutes. Xander's laughing his ass off at the comparison. But hey, (laughs) but not AB. Guys are crazy with this guy. The media is making this guy a bigger villain than he is. This guy's not a villain. Damn, you're talking to me. Wait a minute, sec. It's the money and the production. You're not... How about this? Who's a better wide receiver? Tyreek Hill or Antonio Brown? I'm going to play a game with you here. Who's a better wide out? Antonio Brown or Tyreek Hill? Who's a better A.B.? Tyreek Hill's not a a better wide out than that guy. He's just faster. Who's a better wide out? A.J. Brown or Antonio Brown? This will be interesting. Who's a better wide out? The guy the Eagles just acquired for $100 million or Antonio Brown. Who's a better wide out? But you don't want him at a league minimum deal. <laughs> hey, is he 30 yet even? Is Antonio Brown 30? Right now? You think A.J. Brown's better than Antonio Brown? Um, I don't. How about this? If you put if you put Antonio Brown in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, he'd have 1,600 yards. If you put Antonio Brown in Los Angeles with Matthew Stafford, he would do everything Cooper Cup did. Do you not see? Uh, do you know who this guy is? How old is this guy? 
boy, I'm, I'm convincing myself more and more of this. Antonio Brown stats. Dude, Antonio Brown stats. I love list. So let me see how old he is first. I get this guy for a million bucks, veteran minimum. Okay, he's 32. He's 32. Let's see. One hundred ten, one twenty nine, one thirty six, one oh six, one oh one, one oh four. Well, that's pretty much the Philadelphia Eagles history. <laughs> seventeen hundred yards, fifteen hundred yards, eighteen hundred yards, thirteen hundred yards, sixteen hundred yards, thirteen hundred yards. The Super Bowl year in Tampa in eight games. He had 583 uh, uh, receptions. He would have won over 1,000. Playoffs. He was sick in the playoffs for the Bucks. You don't want that on a league minimum deal. AJ would run circles around AB. That's funny. Let's see how many um, 100 yard. Well, I don't think that's fair because he's got Ryan Tannehill. I don't think that's... Are you suggesting... That um, A.J. Brown has had a better career than Antonio Brown. I think you need to look those numbers up a little bit more. Albeit, I will give A.J. had a shittier quarterback. By far. Roethlisberger's a Hall of Fame guy, first ballot. Okay. A.J. with... How about this? A.J. Brown with Ben Roethlisberger... Yeah, look, I'm not saying to you that A.J. Brown's not a number one and not an elite wide receiver. I said this to you from day one. I think he is. I just think Antonio Brown's a Hall of Famer. Okay? A.J. better all-around game blocker. William, that's a great take. Yeah. Yeah, William. Better... Yeah, plus the teammate stuff. Okay. Yeah, hey. <laughs> nah, man. I'm an Eagle fan, man. I'll take Jalen Rager over Antonio Brown. I'm with you. Candom for life. Hey, I'll take I'll, I'll take Jalen Rager. And to, yeah, hey. Ryan Tannehill is a he's a shitbag. He he I, I think nothing of him as a quarterback, too. I do, man. I just don't think anything of that guy. Uh, oh, hey, Bird Gang. Hey, Bird Gang, are you the guy that asked me to come on your show? Are you the guy that asked me to do that? 
I'm sorry, man. I had I had something. If that's you, man, I apologize. I'll, I'll I'll try to work something out with you. Anybody who works with me, I always recipient. Okay, hey, if that's you, man. Well, I'll try to I'll try to do something for you. I promise. Okay. Okay, I will. I promise. Yes. I'll try to do something for you. I promise you, dog. <laughs> Chris, I couldn't get anything past you, could I? AB is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Jay, he is. But guess what? He won't get in on the first ballot. He may not get in. He may have to struggle like T.O. Because they'll remember the off-the-field stuff like you guys are remembering. Okay? that's He's got Hall of Fame numbers. I think it was six straight years, over 100 catches. Crazy shit, man. <clears throat> East side my oh really big sales I have a kid's birthday party coming up <laughs> oh bet, bet we would ever hey bird gang I promise I'll come on your deal man I, I swear to you I'll do it that's all right Chris <laughs> Chris, you Chris, you keep thinking I'm a hater on the kid. I want the kid just to get better. Hey, and when I call him Colin Kaepernick, you guys hate that comparison. Jesus, criminy! I don't know. Hey, I don't know Colin Kaepernick from a can of paint, except for what the media have told me about him. And yet, get this—you're just like a lot of people out there. You don't know Colin Kaepernick. You never met him. You don't know who he is. You only know the shit people are saying about him guy barely talks anyway how would you like to have an opinion about you through someone else's vent lens and columns oh wait i have had that happen (laughs) oh wait i do shit if you go on the internet and you read stuff about me i don't i don't know 99 of these people they, they they write about me like they know me i'll be like i never met the guy you never met this guy. No, I never did an interview with him. I don't do interviews. Okay. I only do a few people. Carton's one of my friends. I'll go on his show. Okay. Yeah. Hey man, I, my wife does not have me do interviews anymore. And I do not go on other shows because I'm not getting ambushed. My boy Carton went on a show in Boston. They ambushed him. Same company too. And they ambushed him talking about conjugal visits when he was in jail. And I was like, why would they do that? And I worked at that station, WEI. And I and I went, why would you do that? Just so you can get your jollies off and clicks? The guy's trying to put his life back together. They don't give a shit about that stuff, though, man. Sills thinks Cap's a Hall of Famer. No, I think Cap was a good player. Just like I think Donovan McNabb is a very close Hall of Fame player. Zach, isn't that the truth? People like to judge other people that they don't know. Crazy. It's like it's it's like going, I'll never eat that. Have you ever had it? No. Well, how would you know if it sucked or not? Well, it's because the way it looks. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, he's doing fantastic. He's beating Michael K, who sucks out loud on ESPN New York, and he's crushing them. 
I'm glad to see you get him his hey you 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 he's been on our show too by the way national football show his kid constant his kid goes to the University of Miami so get this his kid goes hey Dan um you know I um WFAN's let me do a couple weekend shows and I said yeah he goes would you come on I go ask your dad <laughs> I go ask your dad he goes why I don't need my dad's permission I go hey you may need your dad's permission for me and you know what his dad said? And once you get your feet wet a little more before you put a guy like that on. <laughs> it's so Carton goes, you know, I go, I get it. I knew I knew where you were going with this. So he's down at the University of Miami, and he goes, Sills, can you get me um, some gear and stuff? I said, yeah, do me a favor. Go over to see the equipment manager guy. And you tell him I said to give, give you a um, – like a, um, a bag of stuff, a couple jerseys, some hats and shit like that, maybe a jersey. And so they did. They put Carton's name on the back of a Canes jersey. And his daughter goes to school there too. So he sends me a DM back. He follows me on Twitter. He goes, Sills, man, dude, you should hear them talk about you down there. You're a freaking guy. Oh my. And I'm like, they're my boys. It's all good. Head coach came down. He goes, you know my dad? He goes like this. He goes, you know Silio? He goes, yeah, my dad knows him well. Yeah, so the kid's really – the kid's trying to be a broadcaster, so I hooked him up. Yep, I'm on that program. Yes, sir. I remember listening to him at WIP back in the day. He did feel – you know what? Hey, just so you know, um, just so you know, 97 – Five is it the fanatic offered him the morning show before the current guy got the job. Thought I'd throw that in there. Mr. Powers. I know you like watching the show. Carton was offered the job first. Carton says if WFAN doesn't bring him in and put him on an afternoon, so take it. So that was his fallback was the fanatic. So they gave it to my friend, John Kincaid, who's a friend. Yeah. John Kincaid got the job because Carton turned it down. Boom. You don't know that, do you? <laughs> they called me up and Carton goes, Joe Bell offered me the job. I said, dude, they loved you in Philly. Didn't they? Then you guys, they, he, he, he said he really had a great time doing radio in Philly. Thank you, Tony. Big League Chew. Carton was good on WIP. I bet he was. He's an entertainer. That's what me and, me and Craig have in common. I think this. Who who's the guy that uh, just retired on WIP? By the way, legendary name. Who's the guy that just retired on WIP? Was there for like 50 years in broadcasting in Philadelphia. And everyone's, the Eagles really, that was a really cool statement by the Eagles that um, the Eagles released. And I, I even saw Barrett last night talking about him doing a show. Um, yeah, Ray is a legendary guy. But to me, Ray's a straight-laced, old-school WIP guy back in the day giving you the straight news. Today's guys are a tad bit more entertaining, if you get what I'm saying. 
you got to be a little bit more entertaining. That's why guys like Joe Rogan and guys like Adam Carolla are killing it on their podcast because they could be entertaining. And that's what Carton is. Carton's a very entertaining, okay? Very entertaining. Yeah, Ray's a legend, though, dude. Absolutely. I know that name. I don't know a lot of names, okay? But, Ray, you know. One of the guys that helped start, really, WIP. I think he was doing – I think he started broadcasting in Philadelphia, like, in the late 60s. Like, 68, 69, something like that. Okay, the guy doesn't own a cell phone. So this guy worked for uh, this guy worked for this guy named Big B. And this guy, Big B, was like the program director at WIP for like the longest time. Me and him did not get along. They wanted to bring me in years ago. What's that guy, Bob Bigby? What was his name? God, he was the program director there. And they wanted to bring me in and get this. He used to have a light at WIP. Tony Bruno told me this. They used to have a light. And Bigby would put this light on. And callers couldn't be on the air longer than a minute. And the light would go off. Even if the guy was in a good conversation with the host, the host had to dump his ass. And he had to get him out of there. Because the program director would be in your room, he'd be in your ass, and he'd be talking about, you know, hey, you got to get these guys off. They don't run. He's right. They didn't run the show. Yeah, but yeah, that guy put that map. He put that thing on the on the on the map. I want to say because Andy was there before Spike Eskin was the PD. Andy Bloom was the program director. Andy was going to hire me at WIP. Actually, he was the former PD there. And when I was doing radio at 1090 in Southern California, he asked me if I wanted to do an audition at WIP, Andy Bloom. Yeah. Hey, you know what's funny? You should say that. Xander goes, WIP, stop putting Howard Eskin on. I text Howard today, and Howard goes like this. Um, you know, we'd like you to, you know, do our podcast be on our podcast not going on with silly owen i said how and he goes hey i said all right it's all good <laughs> yeah it's all good yeah all right hit the like button we'll take a time out keep it right here on the national football show Choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. 
There's only one Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can you search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back. National Football Show. Your boy, Big Sills, here. Um, so, looks like Alabama's paying for players. I don't know if that's illegal anymore to say. So, my friends at – by the way, my friends at Louisville, follow me on Twitter. Take a look at my Twitter, at Dan Cilio Show. And they're accusing Nick Saban of tampering. I didn't know there was such a thing in college football. Tyler Harrell. They said a booster, an Alabama booster, rifled a ton of money and a ton of opportunities for Louisville wide receiver Tyler Harrell to come and play at Alabama. Damn. Look at old Nick. Old Nick hates the old Nick. Get this. Nick Saban's smart. This guy's the best, man. Holy cow. We got to do something with this nil rule. You know? Things getting a little out of hand. And he's got boosters behind his back or whatever. Going to other colleges. And you know how you get a kid to get interest in going somewhere? An alumni guy calls up the kid's parents or his preacher or his high school coach. Hey, did you hear what's going on down at Alabama? You see the money they're offering players? 
kid at Louisville goes like this. Tyler Harrell goes, what do you mean? There's a reason they're talking to the kid, and the kid knows it. What do you mean? Man, all I know is this. Talking to my friend down in Tuscaloosa, they're saying they pay you a million dollars if you wanted to come down to Alabama and play some ball for him. What? That's all I know. I'm not, and I don't know any more than that. How can I get in touch with them? I think your parents need to be in touch with them, not you. Oh. So the head coach is calling out Nick saying that this exact little scenario I'm playing out here happened. Head coach says that Saban and his boosters are going around. <laughs> oh my God, I got a million dollars. Well, if the court, look at the quarterback. The quarterback's good. He's probably going to leave Alabama with $4 million in his pocket. I'll tell you this, man. I'll tell you guys a story. So I get recruited to go to SMU. And the only reason I didn't go to SMU is because my pop told me not to. But I go down to the, I go down on my recruiting trip. Hang on, GT. I'll talk to you about duffel bags. I went down on my recruiting trip to Dallas. And so I get there, man, and um, Ron Myers is there and all this, man. And these Texas guys, man, they got more money than Moses, man. Hey, how'd you like to come play and be a pony? They had Eric Dickerson, Craig James. They were freaking great. My friend Michael Carter played there. Jerry Ball. And he go like this. They go, hey, what would it take for you to come here? And that perk, <laughs> that per- <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? What, 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 are you talk- what are you talking about? See, my pop wasn't for this shit. I'll tell you, I'll tell you another. This all goes into this nil rule. And what players like me had to go through. So I, he goes like this, what does it take? I said, well, you know, and I was dumb. I just said, I don't know, maybe a job and I can make some money. He goes, we got just a job for you. It's a $50,000 a year. I'm like, okay. I go back and tell my pop. He's like, no, no, no. You take money, you'll do it. Then you owe somebody. I'm like, shit. So I get down to Miami, man, and people are offering me money every single day. These Alabama kids, prior to this nil, if I told you this, if I said this to you, let me take you behind the curtain. If I told you that in a week I could be offered $5,000 by people in the community of Miami during the time when we were undefeated, 58-game win streak, I lost one regular season game in my time at Miami. If I told you that $5,000 I could make, $2,500 to be fair, people giving me money, That'd be light. There were people offering me money all the time. I drove a Corvette. I mean, I drove a vet. I got it legally through loans that people were associated with the University of Miami. Bank president was a cane, gave me $35,000. A bank loan to buy a Corvette. (laughs) Crazy. I didn't have to pay but a dollar on the vet. All of that was going on during the time. Players like that at Alabama getting offered money? Are you kidding me? 
Hell, I had people that were giving me a $100 for sacks and another $100 if I had 10 tackles in a game. I took that money. I didn't have a problem with it. How do you think I got home? How do you think I lived down there in school? Yeah. Now it's legal. Are you kidding me? I, I, I'd, I'd be making $2 million a year at Miami. With those, with those boosters down there? Shit. I'd have my own condo, a house, a boat. I may even own a golf course. <laughs> hey, can you imagine Playmaker? Michael Irvin down there? Holy cow. Dude, money goes, the money that went around, the only thing different today, I would say this to you. The only thing different today is that it's open on kids getting the money. Before it wasn't. You had to kind of like hide it. I, 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 I think I've told you guys this. A guy offered me $10,000 in a brown paper bag on the practice field. I showed it to my assistant coaches, and I threw it back. One time, I took $6,500 home from an agent. My aunt even knows this story. I had $6,500 an agent gave me. My grandfather goes, give it back. I took my friends to lunch with it. We went to Spark Steakhouse, got like a $500 meal for me and him. We went and came home. My grandfather goes, where'd you get this money? And I said, an agent gave it to me. I was still at the University of Miami at the time. I was going to sign with this guy. And he wanted to give me $6,500 in spending money. And I went like this. I said, yeah, I got to give it back. My grandpa Ted said that I have to give it back. So I gave him the money back. And then I got the other money that I owed him. And I gave it back to him. Yeah. Then I signed with a guy by the name of Bob Wolf. You guys remember that name? Bob Wolf was an attorney. And he was like one of the original agents. Him and uh, Randy Vataha. That were my, um, my original guys. This guy, Bob Wolf. I think, and that's who the movies um, basically with Jerry Maguire is it's after him and, and uh, Lee Steinberg. Those two guys were the big agents back in the day was Bob Wolf. And um, yeah, no, no, Bob Wolf's not around any longer. Randy Fataha maybe, but um, yeah, no man. So dude, you're going to see more of this stuff. And you're going to see more colleges and the big money colleges. You're going to start seeing more separation. No disrespect. Okay. Yes, Paul, former wide receiver um, for the Patriots. I think he even played at Boston College, if I'm not mistaken. Here, let me ask you guys a question here. Not, not, not to bring Temple stuff up. Okay. You think Temple has a chance ever to win the national championship in college football? You think they have any chance? You think Temple has any chance? Even if they go 11-0, 12-0, you think they have any chance to play for a national championship? Say they went undefeated. They have no chance. Zero. Zero. You know what they would do to Temple? 
that sent him to the Fiesta Bowl, give him a $17 million uh, payoff like they do to the other schools. Cincinnati getting into the Final Four was remarkable. But then they had to play Bama. Bama ran them off the field. But then again, Bama, they run Notre Dame off the field. Notre Dame doesn't belong in that thing either, actually, if you think about it. Notre Dame does not belong in the Final Four because of their restrictions when it comes to their grades. Notre Dame does not belong at that level of college football. Brian Kelly showed you. Think about that. Brian Kelly left Notre Dame as a stepping stone job to take the LSU job so he could coach in the SEC to give himself a chance to win a national championship. Okay? Temple has no chance. Why should those programs compete on the same level as Alabama? What's the point? You tell a kid that he goes to college to have a really great experience, play college football? I guess so. But let's not be crazy here. You think if you're not in a, you think if you're in, not in a Power 5 conference, you have a chance of winning? San Diego State's of the world, right? San Jose State's of the world. Shit, man, TCU and Baylor. A couple years ago in the Big 12, they 86 them out of that opportunity to play in the national championship semifinals. No chance. So you're going to see more of this with all these big-time um, schools with all the big money. Think of how much money Nick Saban has brought to Bama. Bill Cosby will make it happen. Nice job, GT. Been on fire today. Been on fire, man. I, hey, our conversations today, by the way, it was awesome. Sports State guys getting Howie on. And there's no doubt what we talked about earlier in the program. Dude, if that organization just sticks you know who's done this? Same thing. Cincinnati Bengals have done this. Mike Brown stays in the power conferences. If you look at who the Cincinnati Bengals have been recruiting as of late, look at it. Big 10, Southeastern Conference. You're not going to you're going to have less failure rates. If you go into places, like Jeffrey Laurie said today to Howie when he was on with the guys, get more Alabama guys. That's code for get more SEC guys. Okay? Get more SEC guys. The Southeastern Conference has the money now the exposure, they have the conference. Dude, why would you go to North Dakota? Look at what's being said right now. Look what's being said right now in San Francisco. How about if Howie did that? Well, Howie went through this. Guys, think about what's happening right now in San Francisco. It happened in Philly. Trey Lance... John Lynch is doing this. Kyle Shanahan does not believe that Trey Lance is ready to take the reins from Jimmy Garoppolo. John Lynch wants that to happen. There's the power struggle. Kyle sees the guy practicing every day and he knows he's not ready. 
they're, they're not getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. My opinion, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starting quarterback. And this all goes back to Philly. Why would you draft a guy out of San Diego? Why would you draft a guy out of North Dakota State? A quarterback who played against practice dummies. Who did he play against? Who did he play against? I never, I would never draft a quarterback out of North Dakota State. They don't play anybody. Some would go, what about guys? You're right. I would miss on Steve McNair. I would miss on guys who played at those places. But I'll be okay by going after Donovan McNabb at Syracuse. Okay? I'd be all right because I went after Randall at UNLV. I'd be okay if I went after quarterbacks that didn't play at the gigantic schools like Mahomes, Texas Tech. But still they playing against people that were going to get a shot at the NFL. North Dakota State? Why would I draft a quarterback out of that? Because he is a... You know, you know what? Do you know how I... Yeah, but Joe Flacco first went to Pitt. Drew Brees, Purdue. They play in the Big Ten. They played Ohio State, Michigan. They played big opponents. Who's North Dakota State play? South Dakota State? <laughs> Not drafting any guy like that. Not at that position. I want you to have played against somebody. Then I can ask the coach, what do you think of the kid? Hey, look, when I when I when when I think of Jordan Davis, I'm not asking just Kirby Smart how and what kind of player and what kind of guy he is. I'm gonna ask Nick Saban. Nick, what kind of guy is he? Hey, Big Ben, Miami of Ohio, probably the borderline for me. Mac football's not all that bad. Okay, conference. I'm not talking that kind. I'm talking about Division One AA guys at that position. Drafting him number two in the draft overall. I don't know. Fourth round, maybe. Okay, fifth round, maybe. Drafting a guy number two overall out of North Dakota State. I don't know. Why do you think Josh Allen went so low in the first round? Eh, Still Wyoming, Mountain West Conference. At least they play some people. Okay, at least they they played somebody. Hey, tomorrow we're going to have Beasley Reese and Keith Jackson on with us. And we'll talk some Eagle Ball. By the way, I love the comment that. I think my boy Steve in Florida said, Steve, you want to throw something else out there about either the Bucks or the Dolphins, man? Feel free. Appreciate it. Sills says, Sills is saying we can afford to miss on a guy from a small school. No, I'm saying don't draft a guy from a small school. Why would you draft him? Hey, do I miss on Daryl Green? You're right, but I'll get Rod Woodson at Purdue. I don't know. The chance you're trying to cut down failure rates when you're drafting. Well, let me take a shot at this guy here. Who's he playing? Nobody. But he's a really good-looking athlete. Dude, the guy plays against stiffs. These guys are going to be working at Hotel 6 next year. 
They're not going to be in NFL camps. <laughs> not happening. All right, man. Hey, so I appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. Again, Keith Jackson tomorrow. Beasley Reese was a broadcaster in Philadelphia at CBS3 for a boatload of years. Former teammate of mine. We're going to talk some Eagle ball, some NFL ball as well. We appreciate everybody coming aboard. Hey, tomorrow night also could be Doc Rivers' last night as a Sixer head coach. So we'll keep an eyeball on that. Don't forget, if you missed any of the show, please share it, like it, hit the like button. We thank you so much. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern time. We'll see you on the flip side.